Hi guys, welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. Hope everyone is good. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk about how I set up lower body training, how I do it myself and for my clients. First of all, I'll give you a quick update. So uh, when this will go live, I will have one and a bit days left of my dieting phase and uh, safe to say I'm looking forward to getting back into a gaining phase. So for the most part, it's been pretty successful this phase. I've run into a few issues towards the end in terms of like a wee injury. Uh, but just working around it the best I can because that's what you, you've you got to do. You're always going to run into some setbacks here and there. But yeah, I'm happy with where I'm at and uh, I'm just looking forward to just building more muscle. I feel like I, I want more muscle than I currently do now, especially for competing next year. So I'm uh, itching to get back into it and my split's changing as well, which I'm really, really excited for. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that a few weeks ago, but... Like although I I'm fine to do what do whatever training I need to do, like I'm willing to do it, but it is a bit repetitive doing the same split for seventy weeks, so it will be good getting a bit of a refreshment to my training to be getting something slightly different. And I'll probably um I'll potentially make a podcast on my new split and just go over it and just talk about a few things if that sounds good. Uh, if not, I'll probably just make an Instagram post on it at least, but I'll definitely touch on it somewhere. So jumping into how I set up lower body training. First of all, uh, I like to start with the adductor machine. So the adductor machine is just basically the machine where you close your legs when you're seated. And the reason being is it's got so much benefits in terms of like your leg development from the front. If you look at someone with like massive adductors your adductor makes such a lot a large part of your upper leg so if that's developed your legs are going to look so much wider not only from the front and from the back it will just fill in that thigh gap and the reason why it's good to start with is just because how much of a game changer it is for your leg development so makes sense to maximize it because of how much value it has uh, as well as that mobility so it opens you up so if you've got tight hips or you struggle to like get depth on certain movements just using the doctor machine pausing in that stretched position when your legs are wide open we can potentially have benefits when you think about it in terms of just yeah like i said opening you up helping your mobility especially if you're tight going into the gym so not only is it serving you like serving you like benefit from a muscle growth standpoint but also just for a getting getting mobile for your future movements if you're doing a squat or something that requires flexibility and usually the rep ranges i do are 8 to 10 and then 12 to 15 and what i really focus on in this movement is it's pretty simple just sit on the machine lock yourself in and open and close your legs do it as large a range of motion as you possibly can without forcing your legs open and also when you're doing it make sure to pause in both ranges meaning you're not just exploding your legs closed when you're closing your legs you are uh, pausing then closing pause then open them and that's just to ensure that your muscles doing the work and not like your like other other like tissues like uh, tendons ligaments because they can potentially if like you just bounce out the stretch position, they can contribute to that. And uh, also just for a safety standpoint. So next up is the leg extension. 
So the leg extension basically trains the quad in the short end range. And the reason why we want to do the second is because when we get tired, when we get fatigued from doing tons of other exercises that trains our quad, we can't really get our leg short or quad short, meaning we can't fully contract our quad and hold it as well. We're tired in that position. Uh, whereas we can still train quite hard and heavy in the stretched and the middle position. So a stretched and middle position could be like the bottom of a hack squat and the middle of a hack squat. Whereas like a shortened quad is when your leg's straight. So since we can't do this later in the session as well, it kind of makes sense to do it second or your second exercise in or before any other quad movements. As well as that, you could argue that it's going to be beneficial just to get your knee joint warm if the leg extension is something that's pain free, just to get plenty of blood in there just before doing other movements like the hack squat that could potentially be a bit aggravating on your knees if you've got funny knees or that sort of thing. As well as that, it doesn't really take away from your compound movements. What I mean by takeaways, it's not going to decrease the weight you can do an awful lot. And if it does slightly, then that's fine because what matters most is progressing each movement. Uh, because it's like if you like if you were doing like a squat fourth, it doesn't matter what you're squatting fourth. What matters is you're improving upon that weight that you're doing in the fourth exercise. In if that makes sense. So like for example, if you do less weight because an exercise is at the very end. As long as you're progressing it while the exercises are in that order over time, you're going to grow muscle. And uh, you could argue if you just do all your isolations at the end, you lose focus, you don't quite maximise them. So putting them at the start before you feel a bit dead after doing your main compound movements could be valuable. And uh, as for another benefit, it warms the knee joint up, which which just means... Yeah, you're getting your knee joint nice and warm, nice and safe. You're getting blood in there so that you're not going to be putting a lot of stress for your knee on the compound movements and they're going to feel nice and good. So, next exercise that I like to do is a hamstring curl. So, the reason why hamstring curls third is because if you do like a quad exercise second, it just gives your quads time to kind of recover a wee bit and doing a hamstring curl basically warms up the back of your knee gets your leg nice and warm and uh, if we had our hamstring curls last like if it was a seated one, a lying one, a single leg one it doesn't really matter but if we had them last then we're not going to really maximise it we're going to have less focus we're not going to be able to train as heavy and as a result we're not going to be able to have as productive work for our hamstrings and the reason why we want to have like productive sets for our hamstrings is because we're not going to be doing a absolute ton of sets ton of hamstring curl sets if that makes sense so I'd rather if you're doing like four quad exercises and one hamstring on this session that I'm going over makes sense doing the movement where you're training your hamstring earlier in the session if you're just doing like one movement and this gets the hamstring short or fully contracted and when I refer to short or fully contracted it's something I talk about quite a lot but I don't I don't quite know if everyone understands it, which is understandable because it's quite hard to get your head around. When I say short is, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see, but when you like fully contract your bicep and lift your elbow up, 
you can squeeze your bicep a lot. This is it, fully contracted. This is your muscle fully, yeah, just contracted and squeezed. And this is your muscle basically fully short because your muscle's short there. Whereas if you put your arm straight and put your arm behind your back, you'll feel the stretch in your bicep. This is a fully lengthened bicep. And uh, yeah, like I said, we struggle to get our muscles short towards the end of the session if they're fatigued. So makes sense also having the hamstring curl short. I like to pause the hamstring curl in the short range as well uh, when it's fully curled because when we're doing a hamstring curl, the benefit of it is we can fully curl our hamstring because we can't do it on a remaining deadlift, we can't do it on a leg press. So it makes sense to do it when we're doing a hamstring curl to fully curl it and pause where there's tension on it. And I don't think this really takes away from our compound movements as well. Like, uh, if you're going to do a squat, I don't think a hamstring curl really takes away anything from it. So, again, it makes sense just to maximise the hamstring curl sets and get the knee warm and prioritise your hamstrings. Because most people have big quads, but poor hamstrings, not the other way about. So that's another reason to pop it near the start. And... You, I don't really advise doing super low reps on these isolation exercises because with them, like, it, it's common sense. Like, if you're going to do, like, a tricep extension or, like, a leg extension, you're going to do, like, four reps, five reps, your knee's going to feel pretty horrific or your elbow's going to feel pretty horrific. So I like to keep these, like, in the 8 to 10 rep range and then the 12 to 15, yeah, that's about the sweet spot in my opinion. You can do any any higher is not a problem at all, but that's usually what I stick to during my training and program for my clients. Yes, above that's effective, but it also gets to the point and it might not be as enjoyable doing like 20 reps. It's harder because the lactic acid builds up. So if you're a beginner, you can maybe stick to like 12 to 15 for your second set, your high rep set is for that. So the next third, fourth and fifth exercise I use is a compound movement for your quads. So what are compound movements? They're movements that work multiple muscles and involve multiple joints. Which could be things like a barbell squat, a hack squat, a leg press, split squats, single leg leg press, it could be a pendulum squat, it could be a smith machine squat, that sort of thing. So I think you get the drift. One where you're not just moving one joint, like a leg extension, would be an isolation movement. Uh, and with the quad compound movements, uh, I recommend if you're if you are new to training, then try and master the basic movements and practice them, like the barbell back squat. Uh, I think it's very beneficial. Uh, and yeah, it's one to definitely you'll get a lot of value out of getting good at, because then you'll be able to do everything else. But usually I like to ensure there's one single leg exercise in there. The reason why we want a single leg exercise is just to stop imbalances because we know if we, like some some people just have a stronger leg than another. Some people, like just it's natural to have, but if you want like a symmetrical look, then it's could, it could be beneficial doing a single leg movement. If you can't be bothered and it's going to make the difference from you sticking to your training or not, then just do a movement that has both of your legs involved if that makes sense and uh, yeah usually do three compounds if you're a beginner and you're new to training then it's probably a good idea maybe doing like three sets on one compound then two sets on the other two uh, three sets on your first movement usually 
And again, anything that's going to target your quad well. And after those three, the reason why they're there, again, is just so our joints are nice and warm by this time, but we're not going to do them really far into the workout, like last, because we're going to be knackered. We're not going to have the energy to put like a lot of oomph into those sets and maximise them. Next up, I like to do like a calf raise. So exercise six is a calf raise. And usually two to three sets, something like that, in the 12 to 15 rep range. Again, I think it's it's good doing that sort of rep range for your calf so you can really focus on squeezing them hard and get a good burn from it. Just anecdotally, I think it just feels the best and feels like it's effective after like performing the movement. And as for what you should use, you can use like a Smith machine and put a block in front of it. You could use a leg press. You could use a calf calf raise machine. I just remember. I just recommend using anything that feels best and if you've got the option do a standing one instead of a seated calf raise because when we're standing we're gonna recruit a greater amount of our calf musculature or in other words we're gonna train a bigger percentage of our calf and obviously it just means we're getting more bang for our bucks during the exercise and as a result probably growing our calves more so uh yeah two to three sets just pause in each end of the rep a calf raise, a calf raise is basically, if you don't know, just standing on the edge of a platform. If it's a leg press, if it's a, like a block in, in the Smith machine, or a calf raise machine, placing your balls of your feet on the end and pushing yourself up and squeezing your calves and then stretching them at the bottom. And uh, the reason why that's there is just because <laughs> it's got to go somewhere. To be honest, like it's, there's no magic reason why it's before the other exercise, if that makes sense. But if you have extremely weak calves, then you could put it at the start of the session. So again, there's no right or wrong way to do it. This is how I like to do it. And this is how I like to do it if, like, uh, get someone who's not got any extreme weaknesses. And usually, if you're new to training or you're not super experienced or so got a ton of muscle, your priority should be just getting a lot of muscle in your frame. And not really isolating or prioritizing one body part, in other words. So... Next up, I usually do an ab crunch. So you can do this on a cable machine, an ab machine, just two to three sets, making sure you're training them to failure, not just uh, going for the motions because focus can get lower at this point in the session. You've already done a lot of exercises. So I like to do two to three sets. 12 to 15 rep range again. There's no need to overcomplicate it. You can do like one low, low rep set and two high rep set, but usually I think it's fine doing 12 to 15 reps. That's about sweet spot. Because when you do it really low, it's like an isolation movement, so you don't feel it too well in your abs. Your form can suffer. Whereas if it's super high, again, it's you could argue it's boring. You don't train quite as hard. And usually, as I'll get to, I'll have a longer another leg session. So on the session that is shorter, I'll just do two to three set straight sets, but in straight sets be normal sets but on the session that is longer I'll do a rest pause set which is just doing a set resting 20 seconds doing the set again resting 20 seconds and doing a set again just to save time and uh, yeah like I said it can be done on a machine or a rope as for my other leg session I do have a slightly different setup for it which I'll go over uh, so the difference is the session I just went over it goes adductor machine leg extension, hamstring curl, 
quad compound movements for exercise 3, 4 and 5, then the calf raise machine, then the ab crunch. Whereas on the other session, I don't have a leg extension and instead the three compounds are for glute and hamstring. And uh, the reason being is just so we're obviously not going to be training one more than the other because if we just train our quads we're obviously not going to develop our hamstrings and glutes well. So in terms of what the other session looks like, it's adductor, hamstring curl, then the three compounds for your glutes and hamstrings, and then a calf raise, and then an ab crunch after that. And some mm. movements that will train your glutes and hamstrings will be like a deadlift, a hip thrust, a split squat, or a leg press, a Romanian deadlift, straight leg deadlift maybe, and a... Uh, Dumbbell split squat, maybe dumbbell lunges, but the potentially how you do them will be more quad focused. Uh, a high stance leg press, that's what I mean by leg press. If you've got your feet lower, it will train mostly quads. So, yeah, that's what the other session looks like, really. And like I said, this will be glute and hamstring focused, but you'll still train a bit of quad. You can't isolate just your hamstrings on compound movements. But that's okay, because if our quads grow as well, then... I don't think you will complain. <laughs> okay. And again, the calf raise and ab crunch stay the same, but on the longer session, I do rest pause sets for both the calf raise and ab crunch. So, uh, yeah, hope you have enjoyed this. If you have any questions, just let me know. If you want to find out how to structure your session and want it in a written format, because it might be a bit confusing, just like uh, trying to take it all in during a podcast so if you want examples of each exercise you can perform then let me know i've got a structure in your split guide which you can also find on my website if you follow me on instagram you'll be able to get it in my bio if you don't the instagram link will be in the podcast description and then you can go straight to my bio you can see the free guide on structuring your split and that's exactly how i train my clients basically and structure their training so hope you have enjoyed the podcast any questions just let me know and thank you for listening